I'm Stephen Downey and this is episode 23 of the Mindful Living Guide. This week I have the absolute pleasure of chatting to Paul Coughlin, who not so long ago was diagnosed with an extremely rare blood disease. We talk about Paul's journey through that, but also his mindset and how he discovered his reason why. The reason why he kept going through all of his struggles and the reason why he's still here today. It's a beautiful episode and I really hope that you get something positive from it. Um, it's an unbelievable story and Paul is a great, great guy to listen to. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of The Mindful Living Guide. What would you do? If you were told you had 10% chance of living. But what if that 10% turned into 100%? Our guest today, Paul Colgan, was told exactly that. And he has some amazing life lessons that he's learned on his journey. And I am delighted to have him on the show to talk to you about those lessons. Paul Colgan, you are very welcome to the Mindful Living Guide. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me on. It's Bank Holiday Monday, so I guess we're both up bright and early. So I'm delighted to be on. Thank you. Out and enjoying the weather. Paul, can we take it back um, to before you got your, your diagnosis? Um, we're we're going to go into the, the, the cancer diagnosis that gave you um, just a 10% chance of living. But what was life like for you before then? Uh, Stephen, look, I mean... My life was pretty solid, really. Um, I've got a daughter, Sienna, who's 11 years old, um, or sorry, 10 years old, actually. Uh, she's 11 this year. I keep saying that to people. Um, and I was very proud to have become a father. Unfortunately, the relationship I was in had broken down. But, you know, um, having a daughter out of that is a blessing. So my life was good. Spending a lot of time with her and, um, you know, I was working away and, and I had got back into my fitness after many years of being lazy and making excuses uh, in 2016. So I started training very hard between 2016 and 2018 pre-diagnosis. And that decision ultimately had a huge impact on my life. So uh, beyond that, I live in Westport and I am one very happy guy. Wow. The, so like, it, like it's, it's only 2000 and it was a 2018 or 19 that... Two thousand eighteen, I was diagnosed. So, like, it's it's very recent as well. Like, and it's suddenly you're 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 training away, and and for anyone who doesn't know you, you're a very fit type guy, and um, suddenly you're not feeling well. You're and you're brought to the doctor, and how how quickly did did it progress after that? Yeah, so I mean, it was April eighteen where I was training. I was now up to training four or five, maybe six times a week, and and I was. I was mentally and phys- physically the, the, the benefits of uh, training were really starting to come to fruition. I felt really great. And um, there was one, one particular day, there was a pretty, pretty tough, intense cardio session going on. And I struggled after 10 minutes and it was quite unlike me. So rather than me getting too concerned about my health, I was getting frustrated that I couldn't train. So I went to my doctor and I had had my bloods done about eight weeks earlier. And my bloods came back perfect. They were, they were fine all within, you know, the, the where they should be, basically. And I felt great. And um, uh, just we just thought it was a viral infection. So I was put on a course of antibiotics. And within a week, I started to improve. But the following week, I deteriorated quite significantly on 
revisiting my doctor the following week, you know, we, we did speak about bloods, et cetera. So we were putting a second course of anti antibiotics in case the first set didn't work. You know, we all have had that um, uh, in our own um, challenges with, with health. And it was the morning of the 9th of May that I deteriorated significantly, which happened to be the anniversary of my father's passing from cancer oh. in 2013. Wow. And so that, that day I was struggling to swallow water. My throat was exceptionally sore. Um, and I made a promise to myself and my girlfriend that afternoon. I said, I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow morning because there's something definitely not right here. Yeah. And of course, the morning of the 10th of May is when everything changed. My life changed dramatically. I woke up at 5 a.m. and um, on passing the mirror in my bathroom, I noticed I had a black eye. I had no idea where this black eye came from. You know the way we'd be messing yep. with our kids and oh, we're yeah, joking yeah. and we get a swing of an arm or something. Oh, I've got a poke in the eye every now and again. Oh, absolutely. You know, it keeps you, it keeps you alert, as they say. Um, and just this black eye was from a non-impact event. I was I was shocked. Um, I didn't know what happened. Yeah. I went to take a glass of, of water with some salpidine in it. So I could gargle, so I could gargle it because my, yeah. my 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 throat was so sore I I could barely keep it in my mouth, um, and of course when my doctor arrived to his surgery at nine a.m. I was there waiting for him, and he looked at at me and asked me what happened that I said I don't know I feel terrible, I was still able to drive and function now at this time oh, yeah. so that was fine, and immediately I was brought in, and he started writing and typing. And he said to me, I want you to go to Goa as quickly as possible. So Goa would be my nearest specialist hospital. And I said, okay. And he said, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, just, just go and get your, your bloods done. He didn't say an awful lot, which did bring a little air of concern, but I'm passing through my hometown of Westport. I got my mom to actually bring me. I started to feel more, more weak. So I got my mom to bring me to Goa. And with that, um, as I was passing through my hometown, I have a pharmacist in, in Westport who's a very good friend. I popped in to him just to get kind of almost a second opinion. Um, very, very sharp guy. And he just looked at me. He went pale and said, what happened to your eye? I said, I don't know. He said, the best 150 euro you'll ever spend is by going to the Goa Clinic rather than queuing up in the, the University College Hospital Goa. On arriving to the Goa Clinic, I was taken in within minutes and a blood test done second blood test done because they thought the first had got contaminated somehow and that's when um i was told that i needed to find the clad award in the neighboring hospital uh, university college hospital go away as quickly as possible and not to worry about general admissions my paperwork had been processed whoa that's when so, you start thinking yeah that's when it became very very real very fast mm -hmm. That is such a, it's just a, a quick, quick journey. And obviously the things worked out okay for you and that you, you've survived what, what a, was an unbelievable diagnosis very, very quickly. But what really held true, uh, and, and for listeners that don't know, I, I, I've, I know Paul well and I've seen Paul speak before and I know about his journey. And But what always has, um, has come true from the very, very start is your determination and your ability not to give up. And can you tell me about like when, when you realized how serious this was, you're obviously in hospital a few days and, and the doctors are, are telling you how, how serious this are, but 
how how did you keep so positive all the way through it all? I I'm quite fortunate, Stephen, in, in the fact that that I, I have a very positive mind mindset, and I think this stems back to when I was a teenager. Um, I had a very bad stammer growing growing up, and and that impacts a young teenager in in both a mental and emotional way, because your confidence is kind of shot, and and you don't uh, to to become um, somebody's guinea pig really for somebody to start taking the Mickey out of you. And I think that stood to me, to be honest with you. Um, part of part of my journey when when I went into hospital, part of my journey was to process news that Paul, you've got a sub ten percent chance to survive acute myeloid leukemia. And of course, the first reaction for me was I started crying because this was a shock that that I never thought was ever going to happen. Um, you know, one in two point whatever people across the world are, are going to hear they've cancer in their lifetime. And this was me, and, and I, I, was in, I was in absolute shock. Um, the first person I reached to when this happened to me, when I was lying in a hospital bed, when they were starting chemo within 24 hours, which is not heard of for leukemia, um, because it's a blood cancer, it's going to be pumped through your body, um, was my daughter. Uh, like, my daughter is my rock. Um, she's an exceptional person who has made me who I am, really. Um, She's kind and caring. She's she's loving, but she's also my responsibility. And that is where it became very, very real for me. I said, my daughter needs her dad. And I said this to the consultant, who was a Polish gentleman. I'm quite stern faced. And he said, you know, this is now your focus. And he walked out of that room and he told my girlfriend outside, Linda, um, that, you know, we don't think Paul is going to survive. So we think that the level of chemotherapy we have to give Paul to stop the leukemia spreading is going to kill him, but we have to try something because he's going to die. And if anything happens within the next 48, 72 hours of any other infection, it could be a, a detrimental to, Paul, to Paul's life. And of course, I got pneumonia the following morning. Um, just to top it all off. So I went into hospital on Thursday afternoon. I started chemotherapy on Friday afternoon. And I developed uh, pneumonia Saturday morning. So there was massive con concern. I don't remember a lot of my first uh, three or four days, really, Stephen, um, because the first nine days I was in hospital was 23 sessions of chemotherapy, ultimately to save my life. So I'm very fortunate. But I had to reach, <clears throat> I guess, as, as a 39-year-old guy at that time, I had to reach for my seven-year-old child to give me strength. I didn't see her for the first nine or 10 days I was in hospital, but she was my focus. Every time I woke up, it was, where is my daughter? You know, is she okay? Does she know what is going to happen? And to the date, one year on from my diagnosis was her first Holy Communion. So that became the real focus. She cannot be there without her dad. You know, so, so, um, so, you know, I, I, um, I'm very fortunate and, and I do thank my mindset and my daughter and my girlfriend and, 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 and my parents and my, uh, and my brothers, you know, I, I've got a very good support network who I appreciate, you know, even my dad was passed away. Uh, I think he had certainly had a say in my, um, in my recovery, you know. I often talk about um, when we're trying to get through something or we're, we have a, a long-term goal that we want to achieve that, the number one thing you need is a reason why, a reason why when 
And I know we've talked about Jerry Duffy in the past, and he's often said this about um, when the, the feeling has long gone from your body, it's that feeling why, if it's, if it's a, a running challenge, it's that reason why you get out that door when it's lashing rain outside. If it's any other type of challenge, it's the reason why you just keep going. And for this, your reason why was your daughter. You did not want to leave her. And it's it's amazing that it, it's got you through this this challenge. Um, can we talk about mindset, actually? Because I know that you you've learned a lot from this um and a lot in terms of of mindset and in terms of of your own life and i i've talked to people um in the past on the show who who have lost people people who've also gone through cancer like uh, lindsay bennett and her reason why as well actually is is her daughters and her family yeah and uh but it's all got a common theme of that when we have gone through something so dramatic in our life to shock us from the, the autopilot shock us from that just routine of life that it changes our mindset and it changes how we approach life. And could you tell me about how you approach life now and the difference that it's made to you? Um, yeah, look, at, I think that my experience and perspective is powerful in helping myself and helping others. Um, I guess it helps people to accept and seek support for any kind of issues or challenges that they may face. Um, I mean, this isn't just about cancer. I'm on here and speaking to you and it's about adversity and it's about how we accept things. Um, I firmly believe that, you know, there, there, are, there, there certainly are, are aspects of everybody's life that we can change in a more positive way to impact ourselves and impact others, you know. Um, I guess we have to look at the many aspects of our lives that we can control and respect the parts of our life that we can't. And sometimes by accepting the adversity that we face, by accepting um, the challenges can ultimately um, create a far stronger version of ourselves than we than we ever expected or imagined. And I think that's within every single person. I genuinely do. So it's, it's like I often say in um, within mindfulness itself, it's about um, just ex- accepting and just and sometimes we have to just face the challenge instead of um, turning away from it and fearing it and polish around the edges, just kind of just ease it out. Because sometimes the fear of it can be a lot worse than the actual thing itself. It's um, it's amazing. And, and you've gone on now, you're I know you're you're an accomplished speaker and you've talked to, to many, many people. And um, but you also have uh, you've an ebook out uh, how to how cancer taught me to be more resilient and uh, 12 insights to help you through your your cancer journey. Uh, I've, I've seen a few of them on, on your site as well. Can you tell me about how, how now how you you've used what you've learned then to help other people? Yeah, um, the one thing I guess I've been. I, that has been said to me over over many groups that I've spoken to and many people, uh, both individual and within a group setting, is that I'm very honest and very authentic, and 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 that's the way I want to be. I don't want to be polished, and I don't want to be somebody somebody else. I want to be myself. Um, if I can help anybody with my own experience, what I went through, I often go in and I speak to people about adversity and challenges, and I use my own story as an example Mm -hmm. but it's not about my own story it's about what I can teach and and what I can show what I can what lessons and insights I can share through my experience that might help somebody but it's not just about the patient if it's cancer or if it's you know a kidney transplant or if it's anything anything else this is about 
the families also. And I think that sometimes the families can struggle maybe more emotionally and mentally than the patient. Because I guess for the patient, like I was in hospital for six months, Stephen, and it was the re-entry into normal life that was very, very hard. But what I found was the people around me almost, they expected a transformation very, very quickly back into normal life, where for me, I mean, I'm, I'm almost three years out of, uh, since di- diagnosing now, I'm two years in remission. And even now I get very, very tired. And I just think that if I can share the insights into how I felt and how it's okay to feel, now, I'm not going to cover everything, obviously, because every cancer diagnosis or every person's challenge is very, very different. And I just think that, that like, I've often been asked about, oh, well, well, I only have something. And I just go, hang on a minute. Every challenge we have is difficult for us. There's no challenge bigger than someone else's challenge, because at that particular time, you're in the depths of your greatest challenge. And if there's anything I'd like to say today, it would it would be don't ever be dismissive of someone else's challenge because it can be equally as tough. We all face a, a different road, but it's 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 the same type of mindset though that can can get you along that road. And there's there's a there's a phrase I've heard um, many times from other people as well about saying, oh, oh it's only me, or oh, it's only my little challenge. But everyone's challenge is just as important as the as another. Oh. And Absolutely. there's there's so many people that they they look at somebody else on on a, on a journey and they put them on a pedestal and they're gonna say uh, oh but, but look at how great they are and that and they don't give enough um, support to themselves I feel that to realize the journey that they're going through and I think it's it's so important that people people realize that just give themselves credit credit Absolutely. for getting through like and, and i think this it's 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 so important at this time um that there's so many people going through many journeys um from just loneliness uh from yeah. isolation and that hopefully that they can they can find some sort of mindset and but some why some reason why to get, uh, get them through those days and uh, and get and get through um Paul, there's a, there's a question I ask all my guests and, you know, there's a, there's a mindfulness type um, side to, to, this, to this podcast. So we always like to get everybody's um, idea about, about this because I think it's, it's very important to get different perspectives. And um, so if I said the words mindful living to you, what does mindful living mean in your life and in your journey? Um, I think it has changed to be honest. Um, for me, it's about appreciating what you have. Um, and on, that's on every aspect, whether it's going out for a walk, whether it's the car you have, whether it's the house you, you live in, whether it's your health and your happiness. For me, mindful living is appreciation, appreciating what we have and what we have had, because don't forget an awful lot of the stuff that we wanted, we now have. And I think that people forget about what they have because they're always looking to, to like step forward. Just live in this moment. I think that's vitally important. And remember that your life and your journey is at your, your speed. And I think that we need to be mindful of that. Powerful. Powerful. Paul, I, I'm really enjoying chatting to you. And I, I know a lot, a lot of people will gain um, from hearing you speak. And um, they, I know... The talk is the, the, the 10% gain. If people want to 
hear you speak and uh, about adversity and maybe inspire them on, on their own journeys, uh, what's the best way that people can get in contact with you? Well, at the moment, of course, I cannot go anywhere and I cannot speak, which, which is uh, definitely something that I've grown to, to love an awful lot. But um, at the moment, my course is, is there on my website. My free book is How Cancer Taught Me to Be More Resilient. And if anybody wants to contact me directly, it's hello at paulcochlan.ie. And don't hesitate ever to, to, to contact me and maybe we can even do a Zoom or a phone call or something. There's no Reach problem. Out. And that website as well is paulcochlan.ie. And as always, I, I put everything on the show notes, so I'll, I'll put all links to that. But Paul, I've really enjoyed uh, chatting to you and uh, our conversation today. And I think that if anyone can get anything from this journey, it's about that reason why, that reason to, to, to dig deep and to kind of search for that reason why to keep going and you definitely have had a, a powerful re, uh, reason why and we just before we came on we spoke about but your daughter has a has another birthday coming up uh, this year uh, with her dad and I'm so happy and joyful to know that she is going to be spending that birthday with her dad again this year so Paul Cochran thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Living Guide. Thanks Stephen pleasure. What a great guy with an unbelievable amount of resilience to get through such a difficult time in his life and uh, it all goes down to that reason why the reason why we keep doing what we're doing so i really hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you as always for supporting the podcast and sharing it with your friends and family i'm stephen downey and this has been the mindful living guide <laughs>